But uh, so we're gonna talk about jokes on this forty uh, ninth episode. Forty ninth. We were close to hundred. I was trying to say ninety ninth, but uh, I don't know what happened there. Ninety seventh episode of the forecast. <laughs> I just woke up. I'm not drunk or anything. But uh, so I want to open this one with my favorite joke that I've heard. I saw it on Twitter uh, a couple of weeks ago. All right, all right. Why did the Scarecrow win the Nobel Prize? I don't know. Why did the Scarecrow win the Nobel Prize? Because he was outstanding in his field. Like, I feel like mm. if you don't laugh at that joke, you will never understand my sense of humor. Puns? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I saw it on Twitter, and I, I don't even remember <laughs> who put it up there, but I immediately sent it to, like, everybody I know. <laughs> Like, I had the old grandma on the internet reaction. <laughs> and just, the, I said it to my office, like, the entire day it was running through my head. Your poor office. Yeah, they all laughed. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so... Uh, well, I had that, that reaction where my lips pulled back in kind of a snarl laugh, but... Where you don't want to laugh, but you're like... I got so really tense funny. that my my chest actually cut off my breathing and I couldn't laugh. <laughs> it sounds like a horror movie. It's kind of like what happens when you're drowning. You laugh when you drown? No. Um, people. A lot of people who drown don't actually have water in their lungs or don't breathe in water because their throat just squeezes so tight knowing that mm. they will breathe in water that they can't so you were kind of shoving my head underwater with that joke. <laughs> it's the joke equivalent of waterboarding. <laughs> wasn't there, this is a total sidebar, but wasn't there a Batman thing where like he can do that intentionally and so he can stay underwater for like 20 minutes? Um, I think you still need kind of oxygen yeah. to stay underwater. I think he can like shut down his, he can do whatever he needs to do at the Pretty moment. Pretty much, yeah. He's Batman. <laughs> But uh, where do you want to start with jokes? TV? Stand-up? Okay, uh, let's start with... Well, let's go with both. I kind of feel like the old grandma who, who whose era of comedy is now being left behind. Oh, wow. You know? Wait, what was your era? I like The Simpsons. I guess 30 Rock is the last outcropping of that. Uh, the golden girls and sitcoms where they like have the snappy line and and there's a laugh track okay i don't need the laugh track but (laughs) but that kind of thing and watching the last series or season of the simpsons Mm -hmm. realized wow they've got family guy writers on that (laughs) or also futurama yeah also, I'm like, clearly, they've got Family Guy writers because it's like a really mean joke about a celebrity. Hmm. Just randomly popped in the middle there. But hasn't Futurama had that forever, though, with like the talking heads? Or the heads in the jars? Well, they'd like bring celebrities on yeah. as heads in jars, but they were generally like nerd celebrities. Mm-hmm. They, they, I think the joke was... There was a really ugly giant, and he picked up the spaceship, and he was, like, looking in through the front window of the spaceship. Mm-hmm. And the line was, it's like Edward James Olmos on IMAX. <laughs> and, like, one, 
There's no IMAX in the year 3011. Yeah. Unless something goes terribly wrong. To Edward James Almost. Almost? Almost. Is nowhere near famous enough to be in there, although it is a little nerdy because yeah. he was on Battlestar. Battlestar. And three, that's really mean. <laughs> it's Futurama I liked a lot, but I've seen like maybe ten episodes of The Simpsons. <laughs> and the only one I remember is Monorail. So like I can't even like claim that as part of my comedy history. <laughs> but also like Arrested Development and The Office mm. and all of these these shows that are based on really excruciatingly awkward situations mm-hmm. where people kind of react normally and I think a lot of the actors kind of improv the situation. Yeah. I really can't stand those. <laughs> they make me so uncomfortable and I want to turn off the television. That's... And it's clearly... Like, it's getting more and more momentum in yeah. TV. So... I am not part of the ongoing history of comedy. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, like, Arrested Development, I thought was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I know people love it, and apparently it's coming back, but I thought it was, like, fun to watch over a weekend or something, you know? Mm-hmm. But stuff like Dirty Rock, like, even though it's really awkward, it, the jokes are still really strong. Yeah. And it they put them in awkward situations, but then they have the lines that are pre-written and and the just good lines whereas in the other situations they're kind of like muttering a little bit as you actually would in that situation yeah but i don't like being in those (laughs) situations so does it make you like physically uncomfortable because i have a friend who can't watch um what was it louis like he just can't do it (laughs) He says he says it stresses him out, which I which is crazy to me because it's the funniest show on TV. Louis isn't as bad, but some of them just make me squirm in my chair. Yeah, and and I cover my ears. Weird. That's whenever I see like the really really awkward stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What is probably the best example? Parks and Rec sometimes goes super awkward. <laughs> like, I just watched this week's episode, and there's this bit where uh, Tom is putting on cologne, mm-hmm. but he keeps spraying on either side for, like, 30 seconds. So it's just uh, Adam Scott's face and Tom's face, and Adam Scott's, like, growing increasingly uncomfortable at what this guy is doing. <laughs> and, like, he gives this look to the camera, like, seriously? And I cracked up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just... Huh. So I wonder, like, if this is going to be the uh, apex of comedy for me, since everything is awkward and that's really funny to me. <laughs> so, which comedy shows do you like right now? Like, which do any fit into your? I like Thirty Rock. I yeah. like. I do like Futurama still. Um, I didn't even know Futurama was still on until uh, Andrew said so, like three weeks ago. I thought it was just canceled and gone forever. I went crazy when it came back. Yeah. Um, and I do like watching Louie, but I have to watch it in segments, Mm -hmm. and I have to read the little summary of what it's about (laughs) before I will watch it. (laughs) Like, all right, I can get through this. Yeah. Louie is interesting, though, because it has no story. No, it's just... And no character development, no overall... Have you seen season two? 
I've seen part, some of the episodes. Okay, there, there is a chance for a co- huge development in season two, and he just the very last the one. Dire- yeah. Oh man, I laughed so hard. Wait. Okay. You're talking about the niece episode. Uh, the one in the airport. It's the very end of season two. I only went to the where his niece shows up. Oh, okay, man. let's spoil it. Come on. We yeah, spoil comics all the you time. You should definitely watch Louie. But, uh, so he is Pamela Adlin, who is also a producer on the show, but who's Louie's sort of love interest. Yeah. And she's like, look, dude, I'm not interested. And he's like, yeah, but I gotta tell you that I love you. Otherwise, I'll feel weird. She's like, please don't. You know, <laughs> She's uh, moving to Paris to be with her ex-husband, and she's taking her son with her. And uh, Louie's like, listen, you know, stay with me. We can have a great life together. You know, I'll... I'll tell jokes on tour blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and she's like i'm going to paris to be with my ex-husband and my son like this is never going to happen mm-hmm. don't wait for me and like louise face kind of falls and then they hug and then she goes through uh security and then she t- stops at the top of the stairs and waves to him and he just looks at her like what and she's just waving like trying to say goodbye and she says wave to me and he hears wait for me Oh, <laughs> and just the smile on his face, and he walks out. Like it's crushingly depressing, but I had tears in my eyes from laughing. Oh God! <laughs> Why would he do that though? She's moving to Paris to be with his, her because, husband. Like he's such a sad sack that like he heard what he wanted to hear. And he just ran with it. <laughs> and she has no idea what's happened. Like, he suddenly starts waving, and he's yelling, like, yes, I'll wait for you. And she's like, great, you're waving to me. And then she she leaves. Okay, what happens with the niece? Okay, I see the ones that are on yeah. Hulu. And the last thing, <laughs> the last episode that I saw, the niece shows up. She His sister comes over. She's really stressed out. She's just like, take take my daughter for two days. I need to go to Philadelphia. Yeah. Just take her for two days. She doesn't require much maintenance. And Louis just kind of hauls her around <laughs> trying to engage with her. Yeah. So did you see when she spoke to uh, Godfrey, the 7-Up guy? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so nothing happens after that. Like, that's just the end of the episode. <laughs> and she doesn't appear again or anything. But it's like... But the very end of the episode has someone calling him up and just saying your sister's had a nervous breakdown yeah you need to take care of your niece until she gets well yeah that's it that's it yeah all right he keeps doing these like really mean stingers well sometimes they come at the very beginning sometimes at the very end where well you did you see the season premiere of uh season two um it's when his other sister comes over and uh, I think she's pregnant, and she's like, you know, hey, thanks for letting me stay over, blah, 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 blah. She's playing with the daughters. And then it just goes into, like, familial horror, where she, she gets sick, like she's screaming, and they got to take her to the hospital, but, like, he can't leave his daughters. <laughs> and so his neighbors come over, and they're like, you know, hey, listen, we'll take care of your kids, you know, get her to the hospital. And he's like, oh, my goodness, I've never talked to you guys before. I'm just leaving my children with you. He's like, I'm such a douchebag because I just assumed that you were bad people, but you guys are really great neighbors. And there's a longer conversation to justify leaving the kids. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she's screaming the entire way. He drives her to the hospital. The doctor's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? She's like, you know, my baby is just so, you know, scary. It hurts a lot. And then she farts. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a 20-minute fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just 
long and just the camera hits everyone's face in the room while it's going on. <laughs> and it's because he gets like there's a really fine line between uh like pain and sadness and comedy. Uh-huh. And like he walks it so well because you're so tense, you're like, "Oh my goodness, there are no jokes in this episode." And then it happens and it's the most basic joke in the entire world. <laughs> Like, I honestly had to pause it because <laughs> <laughs> like I'm crying just thinking about it <laughs> but just so well executed well I think I, I kind of like that he takes some opportunities for comedy and then just leaves others like yeah. there are some moments where in a regular show they'd go off on a rant or like, like when he's message. on a plane and somebody has like is being a jerk about luggage or something and he just like laughs a little and they're like what and he's like shrugs and keeps going <laughs> yeah and then he sits in a seat and like there's this huge guy in the seat next to him and he looks a little annoyed but then he's like the guy's in the seat next to me I'll what am just... i gonna do yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he also kind of doesn't doesn't shirk at portraying himself in a negative light oh, like no when he's trying to hit on the 19 year old girl yeah like the afghanistan episode where he just like goes <laughs> on a tour with entertainers yeah. to afghanistan and he keeps trying to hit on the 19 year old girl and she keeps like looking at him and like answering his question in the shortest possible words and then turning away <laughs> I'm like, oh, I feel your friggin' pain. Yeah. Because that happens <laughs> to every, like, every girl from when she's, like, 16 yeah. to it hasn't stopped. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> 30 years older than you will always stop and just be like, try to make conversation and be like, we should have coffee or something. Yeah. And there's just nothing you can do to make them stop. <laughs> Though I did think it was funny how the duckling worked instantly to get her to talk to him. Yeah. That was really good. But then the second he moved it back to, yeah. like, I I did a 19-year-old if she were interested in me. She's just like, ew. Yeah. Are you really <laughs> talking about this? <laughs> it's, like, if you look at Louis, he has no good relationships with women. <laughs> like, his daughters, he has a really good fatherly relationship. Yeah. But... They hurt him so bad. <laughs> like, this series opens on the littlest girl, who is incredibly funny, and probably one of my favorite parts of the uh, series, basically saying, like, she loves Mommy more because her, her, her house is more fun. <laughs> and it's like Louie brushing her teeth and getting her ready for bed, and, and just Louie's face is like, oh, just ultimate yeah. sigh. And it's mean, but it's also very funny. Yeah. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> But all right, other other comedy stuff. Uh, I like Parks and Rec. That's with Amy Poehler. Poehler and uh, Aubrey Plaza and Rashida Jones and they have a bunch of people whose names I don't know, but who are all pretty much equally funny. <laughs> but uh, so Aubrey Plaza actually, I think I told you this a long time ago that she's basically like a real life Daria. Oh yeah. Yeah. And when we saw her in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes, which is one of the best parts of that movie. Like, the bleeping out her mouth. Yeah. I thought was really clever. But, 
yeah that that shows another one that's it can get really awkward but it's more based on absurdity almost like sketch comedy mm-hmm. just because the stuff that happens is so ridiculous that it like transcends the awkwardness <laughs> like even the cologne thing i was talking about it like it's so long that it's like uh a space ghost coast to coast joke <laughs> did you see uh the space ghost episode fire ant i saw no space coast episode oh, ever goodness it is honestly it's like so the clearly funniest. i was falling behind the times <laughs> Way back, back in, like, then. 1999. <laughs> and I'll say that Space Ghost's flip mode episode is the funniest 15 minutes on TV. Like, hands, I can't watch it because I will laugh every single time. <laughs> but Fire Ant, they were all uh, half episodes, mm-hmm. like 12 minutes or something like that. It's Space Ghost discovers an ant in his uh, studio, and then he follows it around, talking about how he's going to kill it for the next 12 minutes. Like, there's no action, there's no jokes. Oh, God. <laughs> It is just that would have me banging my head against a wall. It's it, it, you hit a point where you're like, this is annoying, but this is really funny that I'm still watching. <laughs> it's waiting for something to happen, and he's just got a magnifying glass. He's like, gonna go back to your nest, gonna burn you alive, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like a shaggy dog joke without the joke at the end. <laughs> or no, I think there might have been a joke at the end. Maybe there's like a giant ant when he gets to the nest or something. But like that's what the Parks and Rec cologne joke is like because it took so long <laughs> that it goes from awkward to like I can laugh at this now because it's totally unrealistic. <laughs> okay, what's kind of funny is Amy Poehler, uh, Tina Fey. There are a lot of people who are like Saturday Night Live alumni. Yeah, who then go on to be really really funny. But Saturday Night Live really funny. That's messed up. <laughs> is not funny to me. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live regularly since they were rerunning the seventies on Comedy Central in the nineties. <laughs> like, I just it doesn't work for me. Like the occasional sketch works. Yeah. And I realize it's a really, really hard job. Like trying to come up with a sketch comedy that's outlandish humor that works, that's also topical. And broad enough for like yeah. people all across the country to laugh. And you're working with like people, just any kind of people. Sometimes they're just not even in show business, so yeah. you're trying to usher them through. But most of the time it's really not funny. <laughs> it's it feels like it's only on TV now because it's been on for so long. <laughs> Just because, like, I'll tune in when there's a good <clears throat> skit, which is like, it seems like three times a year or someone will send me a YouTube link or something. But stuff like In Living Color or all that that weren't live, that were like pre recorded sketch comedy, those always felt stronger to me than Saturday Night Live. Because mm. they could do more, like, they weren't limited because it was live. What's often best is just the monologue at the beginning. Yeah. Where they kind of do a takeoff on the person, whoever's doing the monologue's own character. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to, like, insert some sort of weird situation going on where everyone has huge heads. Did you see the, um, it was like Chris Rock, Kevin James, Rob Schneider. It was like six SNL dudes got together, and Adam Sandler, and they got together and made a movie about being, uh, it was like a friend's reunion as adults. They've all got kids and stuff. Yeah, I think it's like Grown Ups, wasn't yes, it? Yes, maybe that was it. Like, I thought it, that wasn't very funny, but it was still funnier than SNL. Just because, like, I think that everyone who gets on SNL is genuinely talented. It's yeah. a thing. But just, I don't think the format lets them express that in the best way. 
And then when they go on to almost their own stuff that yeah. they've been thinking about and dreaming up for a while, then they really come out ahead. A lot of them. Yeah, Thirty Rock is stunning. Like, yeah, genuinely. And just a lot of them just make movies. There's. It's just strange that. All of the people are clearly talented and they work really, really hard, but I don't know. Most of the sketches are just awkward or have one running joke that yeah. doesn't quite work. What's well, weird, like you say that SNL people are all over the industry. There's also the Upright Citizens Brigade guys. Like Amy Poehler, I think, is Upright, is uh, UCB and all the Reno 911 people. But she was definitely on SNL, yeah, too. there's a lot of cross... There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Like, if you were to make a map of everyone who does funny TV shows, like, they're either from one, the other, or, like, both. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and improv comedy is something that I like a lot, just because... I, like, it's one of those things where it gets so silly so quickly that it's always really funny. Mm-hmm. Just someone coming up with jokes and, like, taking audience uh, suggestions is something yeah. I like to see. But it's also, like... It's got to be really, really tough. Yeah. And it probably serves them very well on their TV shows where they get, like, you know, four or five minutes to riff off each other. Mm-hmm. But, like, on SNL, you've, you've got to hit every single... Like, your, if your skit's ten minutes, it's got to be ten minutes because mm-hmm. there's commercials. Like, there's no editing. I'm just wondering... There is If it's the actual sketch comedy yeah. that they have to come up with situations that makes it not work as well. Because if you look at, like, The Daily Show or mm-hmm. um, Colbert Report, um, they don't really have situations, and when they do, it's often terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but when they just go around bugging people at political event conventions, that hits my awkward yeah. Switch again. Oh, I'm just so like, I, I cannot, cannot watch this. I'm going to hate everyone. <laughs> but when they just do little monologues where they go off on crazy tangents, those are really funny. Mm-hmm. But they have an entire and, team of writers working on like one two minute segment. But they have four of those a week. Yeah. And I mean, SNL has an entire team of writers. Yeah, that is true. Working on 30 minutes, like 25 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if they're not served at all well anymore by this the sketch comedy format. At the same time, there's no other show, really, where you can do that. There was Mad TV for a while. Yeah, but now yeah, it's, now it's almost an... It's kind of an anachronism, like the old variety shows that they used to have. Yeah, well, you can always see them in real life. Like, uh, sketch comedy groups, but, like, TV-wise, yeah, it's definitely it. So um, maybe it stays on just as or you know what Change- the last YouTube place where you can find that. Basically changed it because if you have like a ten minute joke that's not going to fit on a TV show, then uh, like YouTube is a perfect venue for that. <laughs> uh, Donald Glover on Community got his start on YouTube. Well, didn't get his start on YouTube, but like he had a comedy sketch comedy crew on YouTube, and they made videos that were a big hit and eventually a movie. It was based on like one of their videos. But have you seen John Benjamin Has a Van? No. Okay, so it is both the funniest and awkwardest TV show. Oh. Why would you tell me about that? Okay. It's, so, you know, tell H. the John listeners Benjamin. about that. Uh, you, you definitely know H. John Benjamin's voice. He was Coach McGurk on Home Movies. 
Uh, he's Archer on Archer. He's Bob on Bob's Burgers. He's John Benjamin, and John Benjamin has a van. But he's been around. Very distinctive voice. Okay. That doesn't fit his like face or body at all. So it's really weird to see him in live action. Mm-hmm. But it's a live action show where basically he is a van in a TV show, and the TV show changes from week to week. And in one episode, the TV show was that he would be on the streets of New York, and he would go to people with a microphone and camera, and they're on their cell phone, and he would go, "Hey, can you hang up?" Can you hang up? Can you hang up on them? And people are either like, you know, no, go away. Or they would hang up and go like, yes, can I help you? And he goes, hey, did you hang up? And they go, yes. And he goes, good job. You're on, you're on hang up on them. And that's the TV show. There's a lot of, he goes to a spy store to attempt to steal something and gets caught. And they're like, yes, we have you on video putting this in your pocket. Like you can't steal from here. We're going to call the cops. And he's like, well, we have you on video having me on video stealing from here. And they talk it out. And there are so many real life, like, really, really awkwardly uncomfortable and funny situations. But then they do skits as well. Yeah. It oh, is. That, that sounds like something you'd put on for me if you wanted me to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it would awkward you into silence. <laughs> but then there are jokes, like, where uh, they're filming on the Mexican border. Mm-hmm. And uh, John is talking to the guards. They're like, so if we step over this line and we don't have our passport, we can't get back. And the guards are like, yeah, of course. Like, you got to have your passport. You got to have your papers, blah, 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 blah. So he pushes one of his producers over the line. And when the guy tries to cross back into the U.S., the guards are like, no, you can't come. And, like, they're six inches apart with his passport waving it in his face. So this guy's forced to stay in Mexico. He gets a family. He builds, like, a drug empire. And John goes to visit him again five five years later. And they do the same, but on the Mexican-Guatemalan border. And he has to start his life over again. Yeah, it is a lot... And it's, I like those long jokes that are, like, really sad or weird in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and then explode in the end. <laughs> because I genuinely never saw it coming. Like, doing the same joke twice in a row. <laughs> I feel like I would... If the end of every show had the people that he bothered on the street or his producer yeah. savagely beating him. <laughs> that I don't know, it just upsets my set my sense of fairness and righteousness. Yeah. No, there's so many there are always they, really dumb questions that they're asking people on the street. But that should be the credits, just like slapping and kicking <laughs> and him like crying and trying to shield himself with his arms yeah and i realize that i'm responding to mild annoyance with violence and that's morally <laughs> bankrupt but i'm saying that that's what it would take for me to feel comfortable with that show yeah. <laughs> he visits little 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 italy at one point which is where all of the very tiny italians live in little italy Oh my god. Yeah, and it's just green-screened people that live in like a regular-sized town in the back room of someone's restaurant. Like it is pretty amazing. <sighs> it's not as good as Archer, which I feel like right now might well be the grossest funniest thing on TV. Oh no. Yeah. What what now? Go on. Have you not seen Archer? No. All right, so imagine James Bond except he's even more of an idiot and M is his mother and like they basically hate each other's guts <laughs> <laughs> so it's a cartoon where it's John Benjamin as super spy for ISIS 
which I forget what it stands for. And he, he does very little effective spying. <laughs> he does a lot of drinking and boozing and sleeping around. It's okay. I mean, from what I've heard, actual spies do very little effective spying, I do, yeah. so... This I mean, is comparatively, I think he'd be cheaper and cause less <laughs> international incidents. Uh, definitely not. Oh. He becomes a pirate king at one point. Uh, he finds out <laughs> that he might be the illegitimate son of, like, the head of the KGB. <laughs> because when his mom was a spy, like, they had a liaison. And then she's like, well, it's either him or the guy from MI6. And he's like, Mom, please stop talking. Like, <laughs> please just stop. <laughs> But it's another thing, like Louie, where it will definitely go to, like, a really dark, mean place for the sake of a joke. And just the sheer amount of abuse heaped on all of the characters is... It's like a comedy show for sadists. It's really the only way to put it. And apparently it. that's you. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to think of something, like, relatively work-safe from that show that I can talk about. And it's tough. <laughs> now, is Bob's Burgers still on? Because I think I turned it on because Kristen Shaw was in it. Yeah, it's. I think and it's I on its season break. Turned it off almost. Yeah, like it's a quarter of the way through the first scene. Yeah, it, Kristen Shaw's the good part, and then I think that uh, Sarah and Laura, Laura Silverman play a couple of characters. They play little twins, and they're pretty funny. But overall, it's not that good <laughs> like I watched it just because I knew Christian Shaw was in epi- every episode yeah I saw her on the daily show and I don't know it, she was, she's really really good I think part of it's her voice because like I don't I don't know if this is like a weird sexist thing to say but like the jokes she tells don't fit her voice at all <laughs> and she does it in such a deadpan like all the women's rights stuff on the daily show yeah is incredible just because it's like this really sweet like cheerleadery voice and she's so earnest but you're like wait a minute what did she just say <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 12 year old telling dirty jokes <laughs> yeah. but really effectively yeah no like her timing is great like, yeah I think she's the one who makes John crack up on the show more than anyone else. Like, where he just loses it for a moment <laughs> to adjust. It's funny. You know how when someone makes it big enough that a good portion of the population knows their name? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, it's an overnight thing. But, of course, they've been probably working. For, in- like, 15 years. Yes. <laughs> and, um... Now that I know who Kristen Shaw is, mm-hmm. I see her in all these old movies and shows. Really? Like, I see her in, like, she plays a bartender in a Drew Barrymore movie, and she plays a, um, like, one of receptionists on the first time you see the receptionists on Mad Men, on the pilot episode. Really? Yeah. Mad Men. I think she's one of those. Yeah. And then she got bigger parts, so she never saw her again. <laughs> she was just a different person. Yeah. Next time around. And um, she was in Kate and Leopold. What is that? You know that, um, what's her name? Meg Ryan movie. Yeah. Where... And Hugh Jackman, and he plays a nobleman who from the 1800s who comes to present-day New York and his, like, old-world charm sweeps Meg Ryan off her feet. And she's like, oh, he's chivalrous. And he, like, 
went after a guy who stole my purse and he, you know, making me breakfast or something because old world noblemen are famed for their cooking, (laughs) I guess. And especially their cooking for women. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes back to the past with them to like 1890. So she'll be like 60 before she can vote. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And was like, oh, that's a great idea. I really hope you got your smallpox vaccination. (laughs) Yeah. But um, Kristen Schaal is in that as this rich girl that, rich dumb girl mm. that he's supposed to marry. It's strange. Yeah. And I saw like a clip for from it. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. Oh, that was so unfortunate. <laughs> oh my God, it's Kristen Schaal. Yeah. There's another, uh, I found out that Laura Silverman used to work on Dr. Katz. Uh, and I think Sarah too like that was like 96 97 like there was a point when all I would watch was Comedy Central because Money Python came on like three times a day and I would just watch whatever was in between so I watched a lot of Dr. Katz but uh, yeah and like I only really heard the Silverman name once Sarah got big in like Mm -hmm. 2004 Mm -hmm. and she was annoying like oh my goodness I hated her so much when she first came out when I first (laughs) noticed her I should say and, like, since I've seen stand-up that she's done that's pretty funny, but it's all that very specific Sarah Silverman kind of, like, that you won't think I'll say this, but guess what? I just did. You know, sort <laughs> of thing. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh... All right, so great stand-ups. Uh, Louis C.K. is probably the best right now. I think he's the best one that he talks about his kids. Yeah, like those stories. The one about the pony biting his daughter. Yeah. Is... Well, anytime he talks about his kids, that's really, really funny. And it kind of tempers his usual awfulness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the fact that it comes through that he really loves his kids. Yeah, they're always... It's not jokes at the kids so much as like jokes that kids are in, you know? Yeah, and about just being a kid. Like yeah. when you're a kid, you don't have any sensor on your mouth and, and you think that you know things that you don't understand <laughs> and like you run around naked and that's really awkward for every adult yeah. in a situation. <laughs> on his last comedy special, uh, Hilarious, where he explains why no one should ever say Hilarious, which I thought yeah. was good. He talks about how his daughter uh, really, really pissed him off at breakfast one morning. Yeah. Because she kept calling them Pig Newtons, and he said, no, that's Fig Newton. And she goes, no, it's Pig, and blah, 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 baby something. And he's like, I'm 40 years old. I've got the box right here, and I'm not about to have this argument. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just stuff like that, where it's kind of the conflict between kids and adults Mm -hmm. is funny on almost every possible level. Yeah. Because kids are too dumb to know any better, and adults are too dumb to know to not to argue with children. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's really good. Uh, Richard Pryor is probably my favorite, though. Like, hands down. He's probably the guy I've listened to the most. In fact, I even bought, like, one of his comedy albums on vinyl. And it's like a first pressing from, like, the 70s. It's kind of mm-hmm. nice. I just watched uh, Wyatt Cenac from The Daily Show. He had a comedy special. Oh, I didn't know that. It uh, it aired earlier this year, I think. It's on DVD now. But um, it's called Comedy Person or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much like he has the same kind of inflection that he has on The Daily Show where he's pretty funny, but he gets his own 
like range of content to talk about, mm-hmm. which is really nice. He explains like why the Tea Party is so angry. <laughs> And it's because, like, all the kids who were campaigning from Obama and, like, visiting their grandparents stopped as soon as Obama got elected. <laughs> and now they're like, well, where are all our young friends? Like, we got to go to the White House and find out what's going on. <laughs> and it's all just a big misunderstanding. <laughs> He's funny. Uh, I really, really like Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald? Yeah. I don't think I've ever... Oh, well, heard. he was the unfunny guy on SNL. Uh, he did Weekend Update for a while. Uh, he had sports show with Norm Macdonald, which was basically just 20 minutes of him talking about what happened in the last week of sports with a few skits. And his entire shtick is that, like, he doesn't really tell jokes. He, like, talks around a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow that still manages to be really funny. They're either, like, really long shaggy dog jokes or they're just, um... Like, they're so short and to the point that, like, the lead-up to the joke is just completely chopped off. It's just all punchline. <laughs> he was on the Bob Saget roast, which, like, there were, like, 12 people on the dais, and, like, mm-hmm. 11 of them were doing pedophile jokes. <laughs> and so he comes up and does this completely clean, like, family-friendly set. <laughs> and it's just stuff like that. Like, it's almost like what comedy should be. He's just off to the left just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So his stand-up is really funny to me because it's... They're, like, you're second coolest uncles telling jokes <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only way I can think of to describe it because like they're, they're nothing that'll make you fall out of your chair but just taken all together just the effect is amazing but uh, I used to like Janine Garofalo a lot but I don't even know if she still tells jokes like she was on uh, Air America for a long time she was on um, she had a comedy special that just didn't work yeah but one part that was funny was reading, like, she read a review of herself, mm-hmm. and it's, it was, like, angry, short, butch lesbian. <laughs> tell these such, and it was, like, an overall positive review, but yeah. you could tell the reviewer wanted to, like, give them a flavor of the type of jokes she told. <laughs> She's like, but I'm not... Yeah, hey. <laughs> and she's just like I, I'm just trying to go through my jokes thinking why he would yeah. think that <laughs> he was another one who I discovered so do- the nice thing about Dr. Katz is that all of his uh, guests were stand-up comedians so they would actually do- they would do sets on the couch and Janine Garofalo is one who showed up a couple of times and she was always really funny Maybe that's actually how I discovered a lot of stand-ups, because uh, Dave Chappelle was on there, Louis C.K., uh, one or both Silvermans. They keep coming <laughs> back. But yeah, I always thought she was really funny. And it was like a kind of smarter, meaner funny, like mm-hmm. Daria funny, than the Beavis and Butthead that was everything else I watched. To go in with my uh, nice jokes, mm-hmm. uh, Ellen. Really? Like, I know she's straight talk show now but i liked her shtick of just the sweet lady saying very nice things and not understanding how uh bizarre or awful they were yeah and just going like crazy with it like um i don't think i've ever seen her stand up and it's really hit or miss like some because she tells jokes that take like seven minutes yeah and some of them, if you don't like the running joke in that, 
You're like, oh God, <laughs> it's just gonna <laughs> keep going. Yeah. And then others where she's just imitating like one of those ladies that knows all the gossip and she's like, well, my Aunt Judy was cu- killed by a stick of gum. <laughs> Not by a stick of gum, really. She doesn't, she didn't choke on it. She got it in her eyes and then she walked onto a railroad track and then a nice lady named Imelda got her off the railroad track and they decided to go down to South America and they had a little hat stand together selling knickknacks and then just like over and over and eventually it got incredibly funny. Like, and then they decided to go for a swim together but then a storm came and Imelda said, Judy, a storm's coming. <laughs> like setting up all these dire situations and then it just it eventually it she died or something and the end was just like and so you really got to be careful about gum. <laughs> but it took like 10 minutes to do this whole situation and it just got funnier and funnier. Yeah, it's like a snowball. Yeah. And like, instead of destroying a city, it just poofs out of existence. You're like, oh, ha-ha. (laughs) Or like, what her goldfish think. Yeah. Just... I thought she was funny in Finding Nemo, but I think I was too young for her show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Finding Nemo was really funny. Stop 